Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Hello, my sweet pleasure seekers. I'm so pleased to be having this show with you today. It's really for all of, all of us out there who have ever felt like we're just not good enough lovers, or if somebody has told you that you're not a good enough lover, or if you just felt that yourself, the big question of what if I am not a good enough lover is something we'll be looking at today. Not only will we look at that to figure out, are you a good enough lover or not? Because the question um, is a really vague question. The answer to that is really vague as well, because to one person, you might be a fabulous lover, and to another person, you might not be a fabulous lover. So how do we know, right? So if you've ever questioned your abilities as a lover or your skills as a lover, if you've ever wondered if you're a good enough lover, this show is for you. We're gonna be looking at some key tools to building your sexual skills because believe it or not, sex is a skill. We're also gonna be looking at communication skills and we're also gonna to get to know, you know a few things about what actually turns you on. So the funniest thing that I find um, when I'm talking to all kinds of people and clients and things is that it's kind of like a thing that we expect that we're supposed to know how to have sex, really good sex, right, right out of the bat. It's like, as soon as the hormones kick in and you start having feelings, there's this crazy assumption that you're supposed to know what to do, how to do it and be a pro. And is that true for anything else in the world? When you started to learn to walk, were you a pro right off the bat? No, no, you weren't. You stumbled, you fell, you held on to things, probably. I mean, there might be that rare person who got up and just started walking. For the most part, there are things in the world that we might have talents with, and you can absolutely have a talent with sex, and you can build on that talent and develop more skills and more competence. So competence is a little different than skills, right? Skills are part of competence. So we're going to be talking today about building, you know, developing skills to build some competence, to build some confidence so that you can feel like you are a better lover. So you can know you're a better lover and you can share these aspects of yourself with your lover and that will assist them in becoming also a better lover. Because the funny thing is, is if you're actually going to adopt some of these tools that I'm giving you in your relationship, then you're going to find, or in your sex life, or whatever way you'd like to term it. But if you find that the more that you utilize these things with people, the more they're going to also utilize them with you. Isn't that fancy? So fancy that. We are, we are going to dive right into some of my 
um, what I would call some of like the three C's to building the best skill set you can have when it comes to sex and intimacy. Um, the number one C is communication. I talk about it all the time on the show communication, communication, communication. And there are some subcategories into communication that we'll be talking about in terms of skill development. Uh, also consent, very important. Consent is very important. And consent is something that can only be given by somebody who is of uh, legal age to consent, is of physical um, ability to consent, is of mental ability to consent. So if somebody is drugged and not able to move and is not able to say that they consent, then that is not consent. Yeah, so there's there are different uh, things that are required for it to be consent, truly consent. And the other C is curiosity. Curiosity to me is one of the greatest things that can build your skill set. So we've got communication, We've got consent and we've got curiosity. I was literally thinking today, like, what are some of the things that are absolutely required for skill building? And I came up with these three C's uh, because I talk about these all the time and they seem to be quite a good summary of how to build skills. So communication, consent, and curiosity will help you not only feel more confident as a lover, but also help you feel um, and build your skills, especially consent will help you build your skills because the things that you are doing will be things that your partner agrees to, which will help you feel a little bit more relaxed and at ease and a little bit more confident with what you're doing and choosing. So within these, um, you know, within the next few things I'll be talking about um, on the show tonight, you'll find that all of these three C's apply to skill building, and uh, especially when it comes to sexual skill building. Now, skill building in general requires a number of different things, and sexual skill building is really no different. You know, it requires things like practice, consistency, um, and feedback, and all of those things that other skills require as well. And within, within all of those, we're going to require things like curiosity, just being open to being willing to learn something new, open to feedback, open to communication. Curiosity can also lend us to getting new ideas. Like on these, you know, many hundreds of episodes of The Pleasure Zone, I've talked about things like different locations to have sex in, different kinks, different, um, you know, how to build different specific skills like anal sex. Like I do talk a lot about skill building in, um, in different specific areas and to just know certain things about anatomy uh, and to have always to have the communication, consent and curiosity is key within all of the things that we talk about on the show all the time. So, what are some of the things when you've developed skills in your life, what are some of the things that you realize that you've done as a possibly as a, a, on a regular basis as a habit to develop your skill? When I think about some skills that I've developed in my life, when I was uh, in my early teens, I was learning how to play 
viola. And so, you know, we would have our designated time at school to practice viola, to learn how to read the music, to learn how to tune it, to learn how to play it, to learn how to all the different things around the instrument. And then, you know, it's all good to know all that. It's all good to know the theory. And then we needed to put it to practice, right? So it was always the people who took their instruments home and practiced regularly that had far more competence with mm -hmm. their um, with their music than those of us who hardly ever took the instruments home like me, who I, I had this crazy notion that it's like, I should be able to pick that instrument up and play it like a pro right off the bat. As soon as I learn how to do the fingering, um, isn't that a great word? As soon as I could learn how to do the fingering, I should be a pro. And there was a part of me that truly believed that I should be really competent right away. And I often would like neglect doing all the practice. And that's, that is one of my personally, one, one of my greatest downfalls is I think I should be competent right out of the gate <laughs> and get, I get really highly frustrated when I'm not massively competent right out of the gate. And I forget about things that I am currently competent at and how long it took me to become competent at them. Somewhere in my thoughts, ideas, beliefs, notions, a lot of these things that I'm currently competent at were things that I felt that I had a natural talent for to begin with, or that I was made really, really wrong for and thought I had no talent in. So I put in the extra time to study like sex, for example, I put in the extra time to study and learn and find things out because I truly believed I wasn't very competent um, after being told that by many people. Well, not many people, by a few people, a handful. And I was like, great, I'm not competent. Great. So I put in the extra time to learn. And so just like, you know, if you're feeling like you're not super competent, you can absolutely put in the time to develop skills. There is no shame in that. Just like putting in that time to learn that viola, if I had put in that time to learn viola, I would have been fairly competent. Um, I am kind of a funny person in that I like to go things uh, very intensely and sometimes then I walk away for a while. So even when I learned some other things, like I learned glass blowing and I started out like fresh babe out of the water for glass blowing. And I walked into class with not even, um, I knew I understood uh, how glass was made. I understood some of the tools around glass making like the glory hole. I got to bring all these words up because they're just fun. They're fun and sec there's so much sexual innuendo when it comes to glass blowing. <laughs> so um, I, I definitely needed to develop those skills and I went intense. I did like, I think it was like a two or three week every day I was in there for six to eight hours glass blowing. Uh, it was so, and I love it. I like, when I like something, I tend to go really intensely into it. And um, I wouldn't even say that I was, I had, I developed some skills by the end of those three weeks at eight hours a day, which was a really intensive way to learn glass blowing. But I would not say I was competent. I wouldn't say that I could go and join, you know, um, some kind of competitions or something. But if I really needed to make a glass or a bowl or a plate, I could still do that to this day. It was um, it was so trained in that I'm sure that to this day, if I needed to pick up a punty, gather some, gather some uh, molten glass up, I could probably make something. 
And I love that work, by the way. I bring it up because it's, I find that uh, glass blowing is one of the sexiest things in the world. So that's a side note. But <laughs> um, how do we build these skills? Practice, uh, right, is really key. And being willing to open to new ideas. So I once had a I once had a martial arts instructor when I was well. It was actually my judo teacher, my my judo sensei when I was about. I think I was in grade three um, and he had this great saying, he said, you know, people would say practice makes perfect. And he said, no, practice does not make perfect. You could be practicing things incorrectly forever. That does not make perfect. He said only perfect practice makes perfect. And that is something if I didn't learn anything out of judo, which I really didn't learn much. I learned a few rudimentary throws. Um, but that's the one thing I learned, which I thought was brilliant. It's not that practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. And how are you going to end up with perfect practice? Well, developing skills, getting feedback, which was helpful. So always having things like mentors around is helpful to perfect your skills. I will break it down for you, though, to look at some really about 10 things that are really key in developing skills. And so that you know, and you can actually have a takeaway from this, that you can have a plan of action set in place for you that by the end of this show, you should be able to know exactly some things that you can do to get yourself feeling sexually, not just confident, but super competent that will just increase your confidence. So confidence is really great, especially if you're wondering, am I a good enough lover? That's usually when your confidence is kind of low or questioning, and there's always ways to improve it. And Definitely tapping into these, which we will be talking about in the next segment, the 10 key things to developing skills, and those skills develop will help to be part of what is competence, right? So skills are part of competence. They are not the same thing. So what is, what is the fundamental difference between skills and competence is that competence is, it actually, competence consists of things like knowledge, and skills, where skills is more of something that you um, practice. It's something that it's like the action that you take, right? Skill is the practical part. Um, competence is the broader part. It involves the knowledge and the skills and the behavioral patterns that you put all together. Yeah, so in case you're wondering, how are they different? That is from what I understand um, how they are different. So how do we develop more competence through skill building? That is the key. And that's what we're going to be looking at. So if you're, if you are curious and if you're feeling like, oh boy, I just really want to have some super skills. How do I get my super skills? Um, just like any other skills, like I mentioned before, like my skill building that I lacked, um, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have any of these steps in place when I was trying to learn viola. Had I had some of these in, in place and had I kind of known some steps to skill building, competence building, I probably would have taken action. But I think just having a teacher say to you, you need to practice. Well, can you tell me why? I like to know the whys behind things and I like to know process as well. So I'm going to give you guys that because that's what I like. And so we're going to be looking at that. Um, when we come back, you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. 
Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today, I'm here to assist you with building some of your sexual skills because I know that so many people out there feel, they don't feel so confident and they don't feel very confident about saying that they're not confident. So I'm here to assist. I'm here to offer some suggestions um, and work this out with you around the question of what if I'm not a good enough lover? And I think that question has come across most everybody's mind who really is in it to be able to offer pleasure to their lover. Now, if you don't give a tart about your lover's um, having satisfaction or pleasure, then you might not care if you're a good enough lover. But if you actually care if you're a good enough lover, and if you're interested in, you know, offering pleasure to your lovers, then lover, lovers, then you might wonder, am I a good enough lover? And what can I do and be to have, be a good enough lover? And so just like any skill, like I mentioned earlier, sex is a skill, and you can become competent at that skill. And some people, just like some skills, people are talented. Naturally, they could pick up a violin and just play it where I had to practice. Or a viola, I played both, actually. Um, not very well, but I did. Because uh, why? I didn't develop the skill. Mm -hmm. The skills I did develop were ones more uh, that we'll be talking about here. <laughs> so there you go. So how do we develop these skills? So just like any other skill, what you want to do is practice, practice and routine. So how do you have practice with sex? So one of the things is practice on yourself first. Knowing your body is really, really helpful in later discussing with your lover what you like. So 
if you know your body, if you know what feels good to you, if you know exactly how your body likes to be touched, to be stroked, to be teased, it is so helpful to know what you like in order to have somebody deliver that to you. Remember when you were little and uh, maybe you wanted like a toy and you didn't just go generally, I want a toy. You were like, I want that Cabbage Patch Kid. I say I want that Cabbage Patch Kid because that's what I really wanted. And I was really clear on like what, the kind I wanted, what she was going to be like. Like I knew what I wanted. And so it wasn't very hard to, to be able to. Well, actually, at the time, it was very hard to get a Cabbage Patch Kid because it was you know, on the crazy market at the time in the 80s. But it was something that um, I could definitely be able to then go look for. It's like I knew what I wanted and now I can go find it, right? So practice and routine are helpful because they help you know what you like, what you don't like. Then you can tell that to your lover. You can also have routines that are sexual routines, that are pleasurable routines for your body to wake your body up in the morning, for example. Like whether you are a morning masturbator or whether you um, just do some routine things to get your body woken up. So every morning I do, I do energy work on myself to wake my body up from head to toe. I also do body scans on myself to check in with my body to see if it requires anything. If it does happen to go, Hey, you need to take care of business. Well, then you take care of business as well. So, so when it comes to uh, the practice and routine, you can create one for yourself, you know, you can have it. So it's like every evening before bed, you know, you might masturbate and that helps you take care of and have routine. You could also have routine around learning, right? Whether it's, you know, whether if you have a regular lover or not, uh, but if you have a regular lover, it can be a little easier to create a routine because you can look at things and go, okay, you know what? Friday night, let's open up the Kama Sutra. And every Friday for the next three weeks, we're going to open up the Kama Sutra and we're going to try a new position. Or every Saturday morning, we're going to look at how we can practice Karetsa. We're going to look at different things or we're going to go to a course and we're going to once a year as our routine, we're going to go to a course and we're going to develop sexual skills like Tantra energetic and sexual skills. So yes, you can absolutely, your routine doesn't have to mean that it's every day, but it can be something that you do once a month, once a year. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, the more you feel uh, connected to it, the more likely you're going to do it. So routines don't really work if you don't, if a routine won't really work if you don't for one, see an outcome that you've been looking for, like a desired target that you can actually achieve. And a routine won't work if you're just doing it um, because you think you have to do out of obligation. They usually tend to fail pretty badly. But if so, if you would like a routine, you create one that's based, especially a sexual routine, you create one that's based on something that is sustainable that your body can manage and handle and enjoy. So, uh, you know, if it's, if part of your sexual routine could be getting a massage that turns your body on, you could be going out and getting tantric massages, um, gets your body turned on, then you go home uh, and have some fun with your lover or how many lovers you have. So there are definitely things you can do as a routine that can 
assist you uh, with developing skills. And as a routine, part of the, that can include some of the following things that we'll be talking about, like uh, education and that sort of stuff. So we'll talk a little bit more about those. So the first one around practice and routine, just like any other skill, you need to have practice. If you've never had sex in your life, it can be really tricky to think you're going to walk in and be an expert. So practice, you know, so sometimes having, you know, that notion of like having an older lover can be really convenient because they, especially if they've had some practice or some, they've, they've had uh, different experiences than you, then they can by all means show you if you're willing to learn. So uh, we will talk about learning from others as part of this as well, because that's part of skill building. So feedback is another one that is really helpful when developing a skill. So feedback with sex and intimacy would be, I would really focus on um, feedback that is encouraging. So things like, I really like it when you lick my clitoris that way. That was amazing. I really like the way you stroke my nipples. That was, that was right on, like right on target. You did it awesome job depends on the wording and the verbiage that your um that your partner likes like if they like to, for you to speak a little bit more naughty then absolutely throw that in um instead so uh i won't do that for the sake of uh the algorithms on youtube won't like me saying some of those words so <laughs> so i won't do that because the algorithms on youtube have become a little bit more particular these days. So with feedback, reflect on like you would just with any feedback, whether it's in your career or anything, or from any skill, whether you're in sports or music or whatever, you're going to reflect on progress. So what did you find that was really well done? Good job. Did a good job. High five. Good job you are doing a great job. So you want to give feedback absolutely to your partner. And then when your partner gives you feedback, uh, soak that in, like truly receive that feedback. And, you know, whether, you know, whether what they're saying isn't the kindest, which might happen, that's not really the target of feedback, but they might not really understand that. Just take it with a grain of salt and just say, is there anything, if, if they do say things that are somewhat hurtful to you because they're just not sure how to develop those communication skills that are kinder, then, or they don't have those skills that they just don't have those communication skills. So until they develop those, then it, you might wanna ask something, was there anything that you really enjoyed? Was there something that you found that you would like to try again? You know. Instead of going, oh, great, they just said that that was like the dullest blowjob they've ever had in their whole life, and they'd rather be farted on by an elephant than have that, then you might go, oh, great, and you might never want to do it again, because, you know, how many people would choose being farted on by an elephant rather than having oral sex? Not that many, but, you know, that could happen. So reflection should actually be kind. Uh, when you're giving your feedback and you're looking at this uh, with with your partner with the feedback, you know, you can also, if you want to make it really playful, you know, just an idea popped into my mind, you could actually have fun little scorecards like you got a 10 out of 10, 
you got a nine out of 10. <laughs> you could be playful with this, just like they do in, you know, the Olympics and they're judging skating or something like 8.6 out of 10. Yes, you score. So absolutely, you can make feedback playful. You can write notes as well if if speaking about it is really hard or communicating even with sign language is hard for you. Um, when it comes to sex, then writing notes is can be helpful. Uh, texting, if you're more competent with texting than you are with speaking. Really, there are a multitude of ways that you can communicate. As I was saying, within these categories, we're going to be looking at communication, consent, and curiosity for the most part. And the feedback can also be a curiosity as well, going, I really like that. And then you tip into the curiosity of, do you think we could do that for a little bit longer next time? The hint of curiosity coming in. Um, and then, of course, the question of, do you think we could do that a little bit more next time is also re uh, requesting consent as well. So looking for consent and giving feedback and including curiosity. So you can kind of do all of that in one sentence if you really play with the wording a lot. So another thing in developing your skill set is doing things step by step, right? So realizing that you usually can't go from zero to hero overnight. Like I couldn't just pick up that viola and then end up being in an orchestra. but my little brain at the age of 12 thought that that was what was supposed to happen and why should I have to work at this? But had I, I probably would have been quite good. I just didn't, so there you go. But step by step, there are always practice steps. Learning some fundamentals, um, step by step. You know, one of the things I would say uh, could be fun too is like pick, pick something that you would really like to become competent at and say it's like oral sex. So you wanna be like an amazing at oral sex, then take that and learn, dive in like super thoroughly, dive into all things you could learn about oral sex from every different aspect, whether it's energetic, physical, whatever it happens to be, learn the biology, the anatomy, learn all of it, learn what, what's going on with the person's genitals, just, Go for the goal, become an expert, step by step, become like an expert in an area and then add something else, become an expert in that area. So it doesn't matter how old you are, there's always room for skill development, for sexual development as well, for, for curiosity, for adding new things. And I think going step by step to learn them can also enhance things where it's like you might've been kissing the same way for 35, 50 years even, um, and maybe that was good for one person, but it doesn't rock for everybody else on the planet. So learning a new set of skills and going step by step, what is that person like? So for me, I'm, I'm a super energetic kisser and I like the buildup of energy more so than the actual physical kissing itself. The buildup of energy where you want to kiss a person and then there's almost like the resistance to it or the like the hesitation that to me, like that energy is is like that energy can be so intense because for me, I'm, I'm such an energetic lover anyway. For me, it's 99% energy, 1% physical. Anyhow, that buildup can be incredibly sensual. So you can have all of these crazy, amazing things that you can learn and develop 
And there's nothing wrong with that. No matter how old you are, don't think, oh, I should be an expert. No, if you have not really developed your skills or you've only been practicing one way for so long, then you only know. It's like if you've only been practicing the Frere Jacques song your whole life on your violin and that's all you know how to play, then that doesn't mean that you are competent at playing violin. It means you have a skill that you can play for Shaka. So we're trying to take you just like having skills, but becoming super competent where you can do many things. So that is the target for today. And then I'm hoping that even with some of these really fundamental skill building uh, tools that you can take these and utilize them frequently and become very competent with them. Yeah, so we're going to talk more about becoming competent as a lover, building your confidence, especially if you're feeling like, what if I'm not a good enough lover? We'll talk about that more when we come back from this commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we're learning how to be even 
better pleasure seekers, even better pleasure givers. Uh, isn't it great that we can always, no matter what age we are, where we're at in our lives, we can develop these skills. Well, not I can't say no matter what age we're at. I would like to go with all consensual age and above. So wherever your age of consent is in the country you live in, there and above. So in where I live in Canada, age of consent for uh, female bodies is 16 and male bodies is 18. And there is nothing that is designated for non-binary. I think they're lacking in their gender descriptions, but if we're going with genitalia descriptions, it would be male and female uh, genitalia that have different ages for consent. I know, wow, that's just a random factoid that I wanted to throw in there. Okay, back to how do we develop our skills? So one of the things I mentioned earlier is that you could learn from an older lover, right? Well, you can just learn from an older lover. You can learn from others in general, whether it's, you know, a friend. I think my very, well, I learned from others in different ways. So I learned from, um, I did have friends who had more sexual experience than I did growing up for sure. So I had a friend who was about 18 or 19 when I was 16. And uh, she was in Winnipeg. Her name's Olga. Olga, shout out to you if you know who you are. I'm not going to put your last name on here in case uh, others know who you are. <laughs> but Olga from Winnipeg would write me letters, um, giving me lowdown on different things, like so I could have information on what to do, how to do it. She had, I suppose, I think she had older lovers at the time. So she was able to develop some skills and they would, you know, tell her and explain to her what they wanted. And she just had like, I think, a bit of a natural knack too, some talents going on. And uh, it was always great to get her letters and uh, figure out and learn new things. So thanks, Olga. That what a treat. Also, uh, learning from others. I think my, I think my very, well, my very, very first, we would call it sexual type experience was when I was in about grade four with some friends of mine. And um that was just like a mutual masturbation type scenario as a kid and uh, learning from others. I, what I learned from that was that I wasn't the only person doing what I was doing. So that was kind of fascinating to me that I, I had so many friends that were doing the same thing I was doing. And I was like, wow, look at that. Um, so it helped to kind of normalize it for me and not make me feel so weird, like uh, the situation was weird or something that I was doing that because whenever I'd been found or caught out on doing uh, masturbating when I was a kid, it got awkward. So I'm glad that I had people in my life that made me realize, hey, we're just a bunch of wild weirdos together. So learning from others can be definitely from friends. I mean, they can give you feedback. But especially if you're going to learn from others, learn from your lover themselves, because they are the key expert in their body. And if they're not, then it's time for them to learn to be the key expert in their body and figure out what they like, figure out what turns them on. Because if they don't know, then they can't tell you. Remember, it's that know what you like. It makes it a lot easier for everybody else to deliver. So learning from others can be such a fun way to do things too, even if it's just feedback and conversations with friends, you will probably find that it's not always the most educational 
or expert advice, but it does open conversations. It can open curiosity. And as long as these conversations are consensual conversations that, you know, it's something that you don't mind hearing about, um, that you have the curiosity and that the communication is uh, something that you understand. And of course, whenever somebody's communicating with you and you're not clear on what they're asking for or what they're desiring, whether that's in sex or any other area of your life, ask, you know, what do you mean by that? Can you tell me more? Like, I'm not, under, I don't fully understand what that is. Be willing to ask for that because there's so many times you could just sit back and think, well, I don't even know what that means, but you don't ask. And then you get upset for me. If I don't ask, I get obsessed by something. Uh, like we had an ICN meeting a week or two ago or something, and somebody was bringing up this term and I had no idea what it meant. And it was actually, I couldn't focus on the meeting until I found out what the word meant. So be willing to ask for that so that you can be present. So you can, for me, I need that so that I can be present. If I don't know what something is, I can get a little obsessive until I find out what it means. So definitely be willing to ask. Another thing, uh, so learning from others is one thing. That's like friends and such family possibly too. They could give you uh, information, teach you. You know, my aunt taught me about puberty. So there's all kinds of things <laughs> that could be learned. Um, learning from experts is great as well. So uh, experts can be in the form of things like when it comes to sex, it could be like books, like reading the um, reading things about Tantra or Kama Sutra or any of these like great writings from um, like the perfumed garden. Um, any of these super great, beautiful old texts are a fabulous way to learn um, and develop skills as well. Some ancient, super cool uh, sexual art skills. And also things like educational videos. So in my sex and intimacy training, coach training, we had a whole bunch of different videos that were educational videos and they have a very different feel than pornography. So if you need educational videos, then there are ways to locate them, find them. There are videos absolutely available online and that you can purchase. Um, I know that in future, I will have videos like that. Right now, I don't have them available, but I'm aiming in the next two years to start to develop some educational videos as well. Just really brief ones that will be available uh, as classes. So not available yet, coming in the future. I have so many other things in the works right now. Another way that you can learn from experts is through podcasts like mine, like this, coming on and listening in. So... One of the ways that I learned through experts when I was young was listening to Sex with Sue on Sunday nights, Sunday night sex show with Sue, Q107 across Canada, then she went across North America. Uh, so she was a nurse and she was uh, an expert in, um, definitely an expert in sex education and health, sexual health and wellness as well. So whatever your your method is you know i like audiobooks as well as a fabulous way to learn about um about sex and usually the audiobooks are all written and created by people who have done an awful lot of research uh, i love the history books especially that dive into things um, about language around sex but also 
I love the history books on activities that people have done throughout history. Like the history of sex is really fun and interesting to learn about for me. So I like to dive into that stuff. You can also learn from a mentor. So mentors, just like you would with developing any other skill, getting a mentor can be fabulous. So mentors in, you can absolutely have sexual mentors. They could be, for example, a um, sex and intimacy coach, you know, so I am a sex and intimacy coach. So if you're looking for a mentor for sex and intimacy, you can always connect with me through my website. You can find me at milicajelenich.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. And there is a book now link on there and you can just click on and book 15 minutes with me. That is a freebie. The first 15 minutes is free, the first and only 15 minutes, uh, only once. So if you would like to check that out, um, click on that link and then join me for a little meeting to see if I'm a fit for you. We can absolutely do that to see if I work for you as a mentor, as a coach, and as an expert to facilitate you to be able to have greater, more fabulous sexual skills in your life. So just before we head to our next commercial break, I want you to think about some things which are also part of developing your skills, which would be sex targets. What are some targets you have that you could set that are related to sex? So if you're not sure, you have not, you're not really sure if there's anything left that you'd like to try, head over to actually, if you just check in the links in the show description uh, on pretty much any of the platforms that you'll find this, especially um, like Spotify, Spreaker, uh, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts, all of those, you'll find the descriptions uh, for the shows and you can find in there the link to my do's, don'ts, and maybes list. It gives you lots of ideas that might help you set some targets. So head over there while we're on commercial grab that sheet and sign up for my list that you can get some uh, information about upcoming shows as well as upcoming courses and classes that I have available. And you get your do's, don'ts, and maybes list as well. So we are going to head now to our next commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today we're looking at whether you feel like, what if I am not a good enough lover? We're looking at that question, what if I'm not a good enough lover? We're looking at what we can do to build skills so that you can feel more confident and you can develop skills so you can feel more confidence. So oftentimes confidence and confidence kind of go hand in hand. The more confident you are, the more confident you feel, but not always. Sometimes you can be incredibly confident and have very little confidence. Um, sometimes you can feel like a fraud, even though you're incredibly confident. I know, I've been there, done that. Um, and still then I'm like, but wait a minute, maybe I'm not that confident. Yeah, we all go through that, so it's all good. And be willing to always learn, right? So part of that curiosity, when we talked about the three C's in the beginning, the communication, consent, and curiosity, that curiosity will keep you on track so that you can continually develop new skills, so you can broaden your horizons, so you can look at different perspectives. And, you know, you might have thought, oh, I, I you know, I have had oral sex with like 5,500 people. And every single one of them had a great old time. And uh, I'm the expert. But then you might come across a few bodies where the oral sex is like, it just doesn't happen. And then you're like, what? Uh, oh, how did I fail at that after being such an expert with 5,500 people? I know 5,500 is a lot, but I can't remember. Is it Walt Whitman? I can't remember who it was. There was somebody who had sex with like thousands of people in their life. And I was like, how do you even have time in the day to find that many lovers, to have that much sex? So I wanted to really throw a number out there that could just blow your eyeballs out of your sockets. Go 5,500 lovers. That's a lot of lovers. That's a lot of lovers in a lifetime. And if you've had 5,500 lovers and then you still don't feel confident, wow, maybe it's time to just change up your skill set. Try some new things. All right, so setting targets. Before break, I spoke about setting some targets. So, you know, whether that's like setting targets for that, you know, for some people, it's like, I've never had an orgasm. My target is to learn about my body and have an orgasm. And cool, now there's a cool target <clears throat> because I actually know people who, uh, when I was in my twenties, I had some friends in their thirties and I had a friend who, in her 30s had never had an orgasm and I was like oh that's funny I could just have one looking at something generally <laughs> but um so it was um it was a real eye-opener for me when I realized that not everybody had orgasms but I was well into my 20s when I found that that was the case with some people which got me curious too about learning like how and why and what was all behind that now she had a lot of trauma in her life sexual trauma sexual abuse um, you know, she was molested as a child. So there can be a lot of factors that kick in that create uh, some blocks to having that. So if you have had all those kinds of traumas in your life and you're like, my really my simple target is to be able to have an orgasm. Part of it is to go through some of the step-by-step -step stuff to get yourself out of the trauma uh, so that your body isn't running constantly. Uh, from the perspective of PTSD, where it just doesn't even know how to function necessarily. And there are lots of different methods and ways in the world to start to 
recover from traumas. And I will be having more shows about that as well in the future because it seems to be calling to me with um, people that are connecting with me and clients and things all asking about how do I relieve myself of trauma? And so there are different ways. I've been personally working through them myself over many, many years. And um, yeah, so I'm happy to share that all that information with you guys. So have some targets. Whatever that happens to be, as simple as it might be or as complicated as it might be, like throwing the biggest orgy that's ever been done, that could be a target too. And it's like working towards that, right? So then we got to take action. So taking action is like, like I was saying, working towards that goal. So if you had set that target to have an orgasm, but you've had all this trauma, then setting the target, then is great. Now you got to take the action to back up that target. So if that means that you've got to go and do some work on healing those traumas, then that's what you do. If you get some somatic sexual body work done, which is amazing work and can really facilitate change, especially with uh, sexual abuse, but you really got to find a practitioner that you connect with, that you trust, that you're willing to be vulnerable with, that I would say has come recommended from people that you know um, is helpful because otherwise you could land yourself in a pile of very awkward things. Um, so yeah, don't assume just because somebody has the title of somatic sexual body worker or sexual somatic body worker, don't assume that they are going to be a fit for you. Um, definitely do your research before choosing anybody, especially if you've had trauma. So taking action, taking action is key for pretty much anything, right? Like I was talking about that viola stuff when I was a kid. Now, had I taken action, had I actually learned it, I could have just sat back to you and went, I just would really like to know how to play viola. But then I never would have stepped into the class. And I, you know, I didn't do a lot of the other things. I didn't like grow the skills. I didn't do the practice. The very first thing, I didn't do the practice often enough. Um, so that's, uh, that's something to be aware of. But taking action is key for anything, right? So if you want to get your business started, you could daydream about it forever, but then you actually need to mm -hmm. take the steps to get it going and get it um, get it alive. Now, once you've done all of these things, it's really great to do some reflection. See what works and what doesn't work for you. Just like when, and if you've ever worked for somebody and, and you have uh, these like feedback sessions, say quarterly or something or biannually or whatever, you get feedback about your performance. And the same can apply when it comes to a lover. Feedback is so great and reflection on all the things that have occurred. I highly recommend people having reflection periods with their lovers, with their partners on a fairly regular basis. Um, I don't have like a date that I set up for doing that, but I definitely have times where reflection is required. So I'll bring it up and have conversation and reflect on where are we at, where were we at, where are we headed, um, what worked, what doesn't work. So always good for when you're trying to be mm -hmm. successful. These are like just tools for success, all related to your sex life. Isn't that wild? You can apply these tools to really anything, but they really are applicable to developing skills and becoming confident in sex. So stay tuned. And Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life.
by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.